Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I'm so excited to get to chat with Harmony Polo today. She is someone that I met many moons ago and whom I have been keeping cosmic contact with. I get to catch up with her in this, which is always fun. Sometimes I'm meeting people for the first time in the podcast and other times it feels like a phone chat to catch up and this one was definitely the latter. Harmony has had many lives as she describes. She's led a very big and fast life between New York and LA as a celebrity hairstylist and she's chosen to take a more spiritual path, a slower path. She lived in Indonesia for a while. She is a sacred chant artist, a life coach. She is also gives sacred haircuts, which I just love. And she is just, you know, living life, listening to her, to herself, her inner calling, which is always really beautiful to hear about how people are specifically doing that within the context of their lives. She lives in Chicago now and she does most of her work online. I loved hearing her talk about how she helps people to unlock their patterns. That's a big, a big one for people who are on spiritual paths that we have these things that come up that seem to be recurring and um, you know, if we're being aware of ourselves, we're asking ourselves, okay, why is this coming up again? This must have significance. So here we go. Yay. So, so <laughs> I'm, I'm in, I'm in, uh, not disbelief, but I'm, 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 uh, surprised that you're in Chicago. I didn't realize you were in the States. I'm surprised I'm in Chicago too, to be honest with you. <laughs> I had no idea that I was going to end up in Chicago. None. I actually come to think of it. I think you told me about this before though, but. I don't think the last time I saw you, I was still living in Bali and I wasn't really sure about anything. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I was I was in Indonesia. I was living between Indonesia and India for nine years. And I remember one day, I was kind of feeling as though like that chapter of my life was closing, you know, as as all chapters of, of our creation close and open and start and begin and end. Um, and I would remember one day I was I woke up and my morning ritual was that I would take my harmonium and I would open all the doors. It was just wide open to the jungle and I would just sing my mantras and be connected to nature. And I was sitting there and it was like literally this this energy came. It was so intense and it just said, your time here is done. Sell everything. You're going home. And I was like, whoa. Okay. So I called my landlord and I said, listen, I'm, I'm leaving. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. So would you be interested to, um, to buy my furniture? So he bought everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. He bought everything. And then I jumped on a plane and I thought I was moving to Los Angeles. And, uh, no, I'm from Michigan, actually, but I, I lived in Los Angeles for many years. I had a, um, a pretty successful career as a hairstylist in Beverly Hills and, you know, working with the celebs and stuff during, in another lifetime. That's awesome. 
Um, so I thought I was moving back there because, you know, living nine years in Bali, I was like, all right, well, if I come back to the United States, I obviously have to start earning an income and I have connections in Los Angeles. And so I went to Los Angeles and I had, um, so for around a week and a half or maybe two weeks. And I had like this, this really strong adverse reaction to, to being there. And so I was scheduled to come to Chicago because, um, Previous to this, I had done two world tours, uh, singing kirtan and teaching, and um, and it was wonderful and a really wonderful experience. And I know that I don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I came to, I called my friend who lives in the city of Chicago, and I called and I said, listen, I, I'm having a really adverse reaction to being in Los Angeles. I'm teaching and singing, but can I come early and stay with you for a couple of days and then I'll be off to teach and sing? She said, yeah, for sure. So I came and then two days later I came to sing and I was like, gosh, I really like the energy just felt really interesting, right? And I have to wait for always the message to come to know what I'm teaching about. And we're like two blocks from the center of this, like I'm holding like a satsang and then a kirtan. I was like, okay, what am I teaching on? And then the message came and said, you'll teach on commitment. The level in which you commit is a level in which you're ready to receive. So I went in all the different angles of, of this with, with uh, work, with relationships, with your word, with integrity, with showing up, with, you know, like all these different parts. And at the beginning, this man walks in and I was like, God, I, really, I know this person. And I, so he walked in. He said, I'm so sorry that I'm late. And I said, it's totally fine. We're just getting started. I said, but I think I know you. He goes, so not from this lifetime. And we literally had two dates. <laughs> and then we're living together. And here I am in Chicago, as happy as can be. Oh, what a great story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not surprising. It, it, you know, I think. As you, you know as well, you know, when you're really in the divine flow, you know, this is where, you know, the, the, the human mind can really get out of the way and then the miracles can happen. And like this is, it's, it's, it will serve the greatest and highest good for you and all beings, you know, mm -hmm. and this is, this is the magic. This is what I, uh, you know, the big teaching that I received in, in living in India and Bali is this deep space to surrender and understanding that flow. I mean, at the end of my time in Bali, like I, I didn't have a concept of what day it was, what year it was. I didn't even know my age, nothing. It was just <laughs> like, it was gone. And wow. uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm slowly starting to acclimate back into the Gregorian uh, time watch and the time clock. But, you know, I still, I have a, a great respect for the, the, the fluidity of, of not having that pressure of the mm -hmm. time as well. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously yeah. I have to have some sort of uh, connection to it because I, I work, you know, as a, <laughs> as a coach and I have to meet people like from different time zones and it's important right. that I'm on time <laughs> right. Right. gigs and, you know, all, <laughs> all the important stuff. When you talked about commitment, that's, that's a really, that's a really interesting topic for me having committed to something for such a long time and then decided that it was 
also time to leave. So I think kind of similar to you probably committed to be living in Bali or committed to whatever you were doing. And then you were able to receive that message that it was also, it was time to move on. Yeah. I mean, I think my first, my first teaching um, of, of letting go of a certain construct or a path that, that served me was uh, when I started my deep spiritual studies in India, I started studying um, under the wing of Sri Aman Sri Bhagwan from the Oneness University. And my life literally... Oh, the, be- where they do like the... The Diksha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've, yes. I've, I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And I was... I, I loved it. I, I received so much from it. The foundation of of who I am is that. It's, it's Did, all the teachings. Is that how I... Did it? Did did I go? Did I follow you to one of those in LA? Is that possible? Probably, maybe. It, it, I, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's really interesting because I I became such a disciple. Like I went to India so many times. I I my I lived, breathed, and ate and slept for Sri Yama and Sri Bhagwan and the teachings. Like I started a a center in Bali. I opened a temple. I like it was it was full on. Like I had people flying from like China to you come to these temples. A temple? I opened a temple. Wow. Yeah, with dark room chambers where people would go in and have like these profound healings. Like literally, people were coming from all over the world to go through these chambers. Wow. Yeah, but. You know, during the path, of course, you know, I, <clears throat> I fell into this big trap of like the spiritual hierarchy and the significance. And of course, when you hit that place of that, that, that hierarchy or that wanting, the craving of significance, well, the, the teachings really do end, you know, it's, you're, you're looking for something, you know, still outside of you to validate your happiness to give you what you're looking for. And it's, it's, you're never going to find it. And so I realized that during the last course I went to um, in India was just after the kind of the turn where they claim is the birth of the golden age was December 21st, 2012. So I went, I went to do Seva and I worked at the university for one month. And then I took the course after for one month. And it was grueling, but during the whole entire course, all I heard was make life your teacher, make life your teacher, make life mm-hmm. your teacher. And I already kind of felt like this, this, uh, like the, the, the energy was already kind of pushing me out. And so finally, I just, I, I realized that I, I needed to reclaim my power and the only way that I wouldn't be codependent on something outside of me to fulfill my, my growth and my evolution was that I needed to really look and find a lot of, I had to really search and go through a lot of really trying experiences to really humble myself and come to that place of realizing the divinity in, in all of my sisters and brothers and learn from these gifts that's, that, that, so many people around me carry like mm-hmm. it's it's amazing so this was a major step it was like kind of like I, I i broke up with my family so it was a very trying time um as you know through 
your experiences as well. And I finally came, I came out on the other end and I, um, I'm filled with so much gratitude because of it, you know, and I received what I needed to receive. And that was the life expectancy of, of that journey for me. You know, and, and during that whole time too, this is where I discovered mantra. You know, I was also invited to sing uh, for every darshan. So in every course, there was around 1,800 people. I was the first woman invited to sing in the Hall of Awakening for 7,000 people. It was, it was the most fantastic experience. And um, I let it all go because I needed to be sovereign Mm-hmm. And understand that, you know, it's like we're coming into this time right now of this sacred divine feminine, uh, the rise, the balance, you know, and we're coming into this and, and I can't, uh, I can't let anything uh, or allow anything to control that <clears throat> yeah. or, or alter the way that I'm, I'm moving in, in this, you know, very complicated reality. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was, I was actually reminded when you were talking about the haircutting that one of the, it's funny, like I loved you as a person when we met, when the first time you were. I loved you as well. <laughs> yeah, but I could not get over the fact that you were a hairdresser because I had this like preconceived notion that you should not cut your hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, and it, it was like, it, that I think experiences like that led me to be like, well, wait, what ex- like, how exactly is this helping me to be more myself <laughs> or how exactly is this, you know, leading me to a, a deeper sense of who I am. If like I have this hang up and connecting with another human being simply because they, you know, choose something different than I do. Like it, it just didn't make any sense after a while. Right. Um, but it, it's so cool that, that you, that you reflected that for me. Um, and at that time, did you know that you were a singer? Did that come from this experience? When, when I first met, well, I mean, I've always sang, like I sang in the high school choir, I sang in the churches, like, you know, but I never really took it seriously. And it wasn't until the end of my career in Hollywood, I was working on a television show with Courtney Cox and I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And I said, I, that's it. I'm flying to Bali. I'm going to go into a yoga immersion with Ashtanga. And I flew to Bali and I called them and I said, hey, I've landed. I'm here. And they said, great. Tonight we have Kirtan. I was like, what's Kirtan? <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, it sounds exotic. I have no idea what this is. I'm just going to go because it's a new experience. So I went and I literally, I, I knew every single word. I knew every single word. I, and I, it's like, I, I felt the meaning. I felt the vibration and it was just like right then and there, I was just like, I was right on the path and it, it never stopped. And then I got involved with a Kirtan singer, um, who, you know, as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I learned a lot through him because he's a natural born Sikh. And so I was trained and taught, um, you know, through singing with him and yada, yada, yada. But then, yeah, it, it, everything has its, its course. 
So that's how it began. And then when we ended our relationship, I was just like, oh my gosh, I was, I was uh, heartbroken in so many ways. And, you know, I was like, God, what am I going to do? Like, I, I was always a supporting vocalist for, you know, this person. And now I have to figure things out on my own. And so then I was like, I'm just going to discover my own way. So then I started just really look like, I was like, okay, so different mantras, like really felt something, you know, felt different for me. Like right now I'm composing a Durga chant and I also am composing another, uh, a Kali chant. Mm-hmm. And they're traditional, like the, the you know, Chamundae, Kalima, Kalima, um, or Durga, 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 JJ Ma, uh, Kaduna, Sagari Ma. Like, you know, it's just different mantras. And then, they, I just have a connection with them, you know? And so now I'm finding my way. I'm like, I'm slowly learning guitar. Um, I'm okay. really, you know, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable to play it live. I, I stumble a lot, but I, I hear melodies so well through the guitar. And mm-hmm. then my main instrument, of course, is a harmonium, which I was raised playing the piano. I would love to actually, I know you play the keyboards and, the last time I sang with you, I was like looking, I was like, oh, I feel so inspired to get a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing keyboard, really. Yeah, you were playing keyboard. Like at, at Bhakti Fest? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I did that a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I'm getting more into that now. But I've heard that guitar is like the hardest string instrument or, or one of them. I mean, it's not an easy instrument. A lot of people play it, but it, it's... It's like, you can go pretty high, pretty high up yeah. with, with the guitar. <laughs> I'm not planning on that. I, <laughs> I, you know, it's like being a tabla player, you know, like if you're a tabla player, you begin at the age of, you know, newborn mm-hmm. from your first breath. Here, you're tabla and, you know, you start playing and you continue through your life and then you become a master. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I started really late you know, on the game, but I love it. And it's, it's very soothing for me, but there's like, I play with amazing guitar players, you know, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, I wish I could yeah. play like you, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not willing to commit my as many hours as it needs to, to really get to that level. I'm not willing to do that because I'm also a business person. You know, I have multiple things that are going on and I love that about myself. Um, the creative, you know, just how to balance um, like I, I changed from being a haircut to, I changed it to a sacred hairstylist. Mm-hmm. So now when like people come for their haircuts, it's a sacred experience. Like the, I'll do sound healing, um, at the shampoo bowl. I've got crystal bowls and tuning forks. And so they like, they sit back and they get bathed, you know, I do a scalp massage because I'm also initiated to transfer this powerful energy from India through my hands. And so they're, they're getting all of this and then the sound healing. And then I have, you know, my magical sprays and feathers. Wow. It's just. <laughs> well, I wish I were in Chicago. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, come. I, I mean, why not? Right. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I was support. Well, I was in the process of uh, organizing our first um, festival because we had a little kind of Bhakti fest here in the Midwest. 
and they discontinued it. And so I said, well, that can't happen. So I'm going to, I'm going to organize something. So I started organizing and then the pandemic hit. So we're, we put that off, but next year, maybe you should come and sing. Oh, I'd love to. I've actually never been to the Midwest and that's something that's really been calling me. I just went to Idaho, which is not technically the Midwest, is it? Um, I am not even really sure yeah, to be honest sure. with you. Anyway, apologies to anyone who knows listening, but um, yeah, <laughs> but I realized I hadn't, I haven't ever gone like west, you know, further west than that into the middle of the country, and it, it Idaho was just so gorgeous. So I, yeah, it's beautiful land. I tell you, we um, I, I also uh, ride a motorcycle, so um, we oh. take motorcycle trips in the summertime. My fiance and I. Oh wow. Um, so we, we take long trips. Like last year we drove from Chicago to New York to go to ecstatic chant at Omega Institute. Oh, wow. Oh, it was, it was so epic. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Okay. So the ride itself was just amazing. And then we land at Omega Institute and like all these amazing bhakti yogis are, are singing the whole entire week and just one after the, the next it's a 24-hour so, thing, yeah? Um, does it no, break? They, they do break. They go pretty late. Okay. Um, but, you know, most of us go to bed pretty early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we wake up really At early. All. Yeah, you would, yeah. <laughs> you would miss something, yeah. 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 I mean, the thing that was great about that is that I, you know, I was literally – straight off the plane from Indonesia. So I'm like still culture shocked, like, you know, trying to find my way back into the American soil. And um, what, what was great about Omega is it's a very communal um, activity that it's a, it's a, like all the meals you eat together, it's farm fed. Oh, wow. uh, you're sitting at round tables with people you don't know. So you really get to know a lot of different people and then you're sitting together then during the kirtans and then sometimes you know you have little breaks in the big gardens and you're like it's it was so wonderful wow it was yeah i'm really happy being back in the united states i i i really you know i really feel like that part of uh living in bali and india was it's it's a complete chapter like i there's not one piece of me that you know, craves to go back or misses it that I want to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my big, one of my big things and that, that I really live by and I truly believe in is that all completions of my life need to end with love and gratitude. Mm. And so when I left Bali, I had a ceremony, um, you know, at the sacred temples and, you know, I said, thank you for allowing me to be here and, you know, and really closing that chapter clean. And like, there's nothing pulling me back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's really beautiful. Yeah. 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 Yes. So I've been really focused the last two years on building my business and I have, I'm doing sacred coaching as well. So spiritual coaching, life mentoring. Um, you know, I take people on one year mentorships and, you know, for people that start at the beginning, I start them off with 10 sessions just to make sure our energies are aligned. Uh-huh. Um, but people are, are, are really benefiting from the work that I'm offering. It's really amazing. I have one one of my clients. He's lost now. He's um, he's lost 33 pounds. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and he's in his 60s, and he's he's basically like 
we've done a whole remodel of his his life from the the minute he wakes up to starting meditation and drinking water and eating differently and like it's just it's really great and it's it's independent so he doesn't need to have a gym gym membership he doesn't need to do anything he's like he's learning again the, this new way and then now i'm introducing mantra to him oh bless you muting <laughs> myself Amazing. yes <laughs> that's lovely so it's like kind of an all all around coaching it's not just a sort of um how'd you say it has to do with habits and and um, you know, I work, like that. I work in all different dimensions just because my spiritual, my spiritual evolution, um, was very, very intense. And I must've had some serious karma from another life that I needed to learn. And so I it was, it was really, really, really intense. Um, so I, I based my, my work on all direct experiences plus, um, the teachings of the oneness university, but I work with like young teenagers who are suffering with depression all the way to, you know, CEOs of company to um, reestablish or redesign their companies, but from a spiritual foundation, because uh -huh. I, I have a business background as well. So looking at like the new paradigm ways of, of how to um, be a leader within the company and how to communicate within the company and structure and finances and like all like it's just it's it's pretty broad it's pretty it's it's amazing so i deal with um you know i work with uh, conscious conception um conscious completions i can yeah it's just it's really what people are are really needing in that very moment yeah so it's broad so it's like it sounds like it's more catered to the individual as opposed to like a, a set sort of thing that you, that you offer or. Yeah. It's nothing to do with anything set. Oh, cool. It's, it's very, very, it's, I, I really believe in um, direct experiences. I believe in actual, like what's going on because I, I'm, I'm following, I'm a, pretty much, I, I could say that I'm a master of unconscious programs. So I'm following the unconscious programs and I'm watching them. And then what we do is I, I take them through, you know, whatever they're going through, I'll take them through a process of tracking it back to try to find the, the, the origin of where the program began. Like I was working with one of my clients uh, from France this last week and she, um, she was able to track one of these these programs that's been creating a lot of suffering in her reality she has tracked she was able to track it back to when she was born hmm. and then she had she was able to express tears and the the anger and she felt that and there was this this release this this energetic release and i'm excited to see now what if it's if we really completed it because it'll show up again if it's not mm -hmm. but then we know where to start going and and going in for the excavation. So it's like I'm a gardener going in and like tearing out the roots of things and just programs. So yeah, it's I love it. It's fun. It's it's just like my it's my major passion right now. Major so passion. Cool. So yeah. And, and it it lends itself to this time period perfectly because I assume you can do most of this online. I work at, with all my clients online. I don't see anybody actually anymore in person. 
um, what I found through um, the the pandemic and being house housebound for so mm-hmm. long was that my energy work uh, working one on one with somebody via you know online was much much more potent because. I'm also like a lightning rod. So I, I'm, I can, I'm very, very sensitive and I can feel things. I don't pick up anything and I don't make any, let any, you know, I know what belongs to me and what mm-hmm. doesn't, but there's something that's, that keeps me very clean and clear. And I'm able to access um, into the unconscious parallels really clearly as of being online. Cause I'm not in someone else's energy field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for the other person too, I mean, there is something really nice about just being in your own space and you being in your own space, you know? Absolutely. It's such a nice perk of this time. Right. And I can work with like, I have a client in France. I have a client in Portland. Like I have clients all over the world that, you know, that now can have the accessibility to work with me. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, they don't have to leave their home. They don't have to drive here. You know, it's like going for a massage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go for a massage, you have to drive there and then you're stressed out by the time you get there and you're like, ah, oh, you get a massage <laughs> and then you're like, then you're oh, I'm so relaxed. You're like, oh shit, now I have to drive home. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I feel like personally, the only way to do a massage <clears throat> is either have someone come to your house or go to a day spa and spend the entire day there. well when you come we can go to the king spa it's a korean spa oh it's it's amazing it's amazing korean spas wow that's cool yeah i miss those from that that is one thing that i really do miss from being in la are the korean spas did you where are you living now washington washington state Uh uh-huh oh how amazing i actually sang uh in seattle i loved it. <laughs> I really love it. I, yeah. And it's so funny because my mom is from here. She's from here and Idaho and I've never been to either place. I've just been to both. I sort of feel like I'm, I'm retracing my mother's history and kind of, it's, it's sort of, it's, I'm, I kind of don't have the words for it yet, but it, it's almost like a, a, a healing of the past not my past, but like ge- sort of generationally, like there was a lot of um, un- unresolved stuff that happened um, mm-hmm. family-wise. And it's just, yeah. And, but that's not why I ended up here. Like I ended up here because my relationship pulled me here that I'm in mm. right now because my, my partner's from, well, not from here, but he lives here. Um, and I just, I happened to be here and I'm like, wow, this feels real. This feels, it feels like home. It feels really feels really good weather like weather wise too it just I feel very in my element here so are you in Seattle I'm just outside of Seattle in a town called Redmond okay yeah yeah it's beautiful the hiking there is oh my gosh the Pacific Northwest it's it's really it it's a stunning place it really captured my heart when I was there yeah I loved it yeah I really love it yeah oh go ahead I was just to say there, there's a really, really nice sangha. There's a community there that's um, really super connected. I'd love to meet them. 
Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I can connect you to some people there. Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. I, I see that in my future connecting with people, but you know, cause of what's, I I've been here sort of during the whole um, COVID thing. Like I moved here in December and okay. didn't really get, you know, established and then, mm. yeah. So um, I've mostly known it through the nature and communicating to people through the internet. So yeah. yeah, I'll connect you with uh, the person who organized my events there. And oh, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be such a blessing to to have your voice shine there. I I would love to. Yeah, collaborate with people too because it's you know it's it's nice. Oh, I collaborated this one time. Well, with a tabla player and a sarod player. Oh wow. Oh my gosh, it was it was I I was. I like the words couldn't come out that I was just like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's cause it's one thing to be in India, right? Cause you hear these road players and you hear these tabla players, but when, when the, these instruments get into the hands of a Western person and they, they have their Western way to move and play those instruments. I don't know. There's something that resonates so deeply inside of me that I can actually sing with, I can, mm -hmm. I can be with, I can play with it. I, you know, I played with really, really talented um, musicians from India and they're also really great, but they're very strict. Mm -hmm. You know, they're very strict with the timing and it's just like this, it's like, you know, I think they were born with a stick in their hands. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were probably beaten while they were, while they were practicing, <laughs> <laughs> like not that way. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, it's really nice. I, I, I'm interested. I, I haven't yet even really found my, my son got here in, in Illinois yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that it will. I believe that it will. We're going to, you know, start this planning of the festival for next summer. And um, I have some stuff that I've already booked coming up. And I know, of course, things, you know, our, our sessions can't be big, you know, with numbers, yeah. but it's okay. I, I really like smaller intimate circles too, where it's really heart centered and you can you can really connect energetically with everyone in the room. There's something really special about that as well. For sure. Yeah. Is, is Illinois um, been, have they been pretty strict about the, the quarantine? Like when I was in Idaho, it was sort of like nothing had happened. Um, I'm just curious. If, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It was very strict here. It's very strict. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When I yeah. was in Idaho, it was like, what, what coronavirus? <laughs> I mean, there, there I were signs and stuff, but just people, people didn't seem to be taking it that seriously. And, and also it was like, you live 10 miles from your neighbor anyway. So I could sort of understand how psychologically it might not seem as pressing for them yeah. <laughs> to isolate. So, yeah. I mean, there's so many different theories right now, like, um, you know, with, um, Scandinavia, Sweden, you know, having yeah. the herd, the herd mentality. Yeah, and yeah. I've been kind of keeping my eye on them and, their numbers aren't so different than, you know, than ours. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, having to go in quarantine for so many months. I mean, for me, quarantine was, was great. I, I was so creative. It was amazing. Like at first I was really bummed because I just released my album and I was like, Oh, yay. I'm going to meet some people and sing and, you know, be able to share this time with people. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you're on lockdown until yeah. further notice. And I was yeah. like, okay. So I, I tore down my website. I redid my website. 
I redid my business cards. I did a whole like business, you know, strategy. I did my SEO, like, and then I started to compose some music and I started dabbling with like, um, doing the, the sessions every day, like offering a little piece of that. But then I was like, it just didn't feel authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Felt like I was trying to chase after something that, that I just, it didn't, didn't sit with me. So I said, you know, forget about it. I said, I'm going to just focus on what I need to focus on. Cause I'm also currently, um, I started writing a book as well. Oh, cool. So I'll be, um, yeah, sharing that. So I'm going to be probably launching that, um, this coming year, hopefully, uh, with an audio book and then a hard or soft cover book. So So you've done some stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing about me. I, Ayurvedically, I'm a pitta. So I, I'm like, I'm, I, I get things done, you know. When I set my mind to something, I, I do it. And if I, I'm, a, I'm such a, I'm so deeply rooted in my, my level of commitment. If I say yes to something, that I, I'm, I, ha- I have to do it, right? I can't change my mind and say, oh, I've changed, you know. No, I can't do that. It's just not the way I, I function. Mm-hmm. you know, I think it's really important to have that level of integrity. And um, that is something that's going to be moving forward in the new paradigm is that, that space of, you know, having integrity with your word. Mm-hmm. What's your book about? Um, this book is going to be um, about uh, the teachings. So like example, um, the energy, it's all about energetic vibration. So, because I believe that everything in our reality holds a frequency and a vibration, like mantra, right? There's a specific frequency that we're transmitting when we're singing, whether it's, you know, Kundalini mantras or Sanskrit mantras or Gurubani mantras, like whatever that is, there's a specific frequency. And so there's also, because everything is the Om or the primordial sound of the universe, right? So that's including jealousy, so we talk about the energy of jealousy. What is jealousy? What is it to be jealous? How does it feel? You know, what does it mean to be jealous? Like, what are the repercussions of being jealous? Gossip. Like, what is the energy mm. of gossip? Like, what does it mean to gossip? You know, even when you say to someone, you're like, oh, how is, how is so-and-so? And, you know, that person's not there. You know, there is that small little fragment of, you know, speaking to something that's really not accurate and not known because each moment is very specific. So I talk about that. And then I talk about your childhood traumas and, um, uh, it's just going to be all about different types of energies and, and what that means and to recognize, like, if that's something that's actually currently active in your subconscious thought patterns. And if it is, then, once you recognize it, you know, the teaching to see is to be free. Once you see that something's there, then you start to recognize like, oh, I'm doing this in this situation. And I'm, oh, I'm doing it in this situation. You know, I talk about different frequencies of uh, verbal communication. Um, An example is um, like, I have to go to work. When you say I have to go to work, I have to go to work is meaning that something is dominating over you. Mm-hmm. controlling your outcome. Mm-hmm. And so the, the d- different way to, to translate that information by stay, staying in the highest frequency is to saying, I get to go to work. 
therefore you're choosing that you're choosing your destiny you're choosing that path you're choosing that your 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 whole entire journey and so it's taking back the power that the old paradigm the patriarchal lineage um of the last few thousand years has uh, programmed society to be and think that they need to follow in this this the sheep mentality. Mm-hmm. So rather than coming into that space and saying like, okay, I want to, you know, reclaim my power, it's really identifying, you know, the verbs of the, the adjectives, like what are we using to tell our, our subconscious mind our worth? Mm-hmm. You know, where do we, where do we stand is as far as, you know, believing in ourselves and, and do we love ourselves? You know, I even, um, my client who lost 33 pounds, you know, he's, you know, he was talking about, he's done some major life changes and it's wonderful and he's embracing it. And he goes, yeah, I don't even, I don't even want to go through a drive through I said, well, let's just, let's just talk about that. I don't want to. Because the I don't want to is also still referring in your mind that something still has control over you. So therefore, it's creating failure before it actually really truly happens. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, I don't even want to go through the drive-thru, you change it to, I'm choosing to create a different lifestyle change for myself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it changes the whole vibrational frequency. And then all of a sudden, your mind says, oh... I have, I have freedom of choice. And then there's nothing to resist it. There's no ego battle between the mind and the action. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so cool. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and when people really get this, like I have, I, I work with all my clients on the vibrational, you know, the, the verbiage and the, the wording vibrationally, like what does this mean? And then of course, then I start teaching them mantras because Mantras are also a great way to start pressurizing the subconscious mind to help in that process of like really attuning to a different frequency. So Om Namo Gurudev Namo is a specific frequency. Om Satchitananda Parabrahma Purushottama Paramatma. You know, that's a different frequency. So it's like, what are you attuning to? And everybody has a choice. Pressurize. Yeah, pressurizing the subconscious thought forms patterns actually because we all i mean every single human being is just we're just a walking set of programs everybody we all have we all were born with a specific program we all were raised to two parents Mm -hmm. uh, whether you know they we were living with them our lives or not we were born with the dna of two people and then we have religious program, we have society programs, we have, you know, school indoctrination, we have society programs, we have cultural programs, we have all these different programs that where we were raised, you know, it really is, it, it's really quite dependent on what's actually running. Mm-hmm. And so we can never really assume we think we know what someone is feeling. Mm-hmm. So I always say to my, to my clients, I said, you know, if you notice, because we're tuning into a vibrational frequency, you wake up in the morning and you attune yourself. Well, how am I feeling today? Do I feel any stress in my body? Do I have any tension in my body? Meditate with that. Like feel your body. Know what, is, what belongs to you. Because, you know, when you start going out into the world, all of a sudden something may happen and it'll trigger your subconscious thought forms. And all of a sudden you're like, you have this, this, this reaction. And then you have to understand how to, how to recognize that so you don't fall into playing 
into this loop of, of the destruction. And so then I offer techniques on, on how to recognize that and, and ground yourself and come back to realigning to your purpose in life. Yeah. It, it feels to me, I and mean, once I got through kind of the initial, let's call it resistance to the stay at home order. Um, it really, it really did feel to me like there was a massive restructuring that was taking place about to take place. Just the mere, just, I mean, it was almost like a, like a glitch in the system or something like now you will all stop, you know, or you will all go into high speed because for some people it meant that they were working twice as hard, um, or they were losing their job or whatever, but it was, it was like for it, it compelled everyone to like switch gears very, very quickly. And it, yeah, it was, I find that it's, it's been so, I mean, just for me personally, it's been so interesting to, to watch that restructuring take place and to just the idea that you would, I don't know, be spending so much more time with, with your immediate family or the, the people immediately close to you and, and what that will bring up in you. Or like, you know, um, we are now, you know, we are now going to have uh, an entire week where the only activity that we do outside of our house is go to the grocery store. You know, um, it was just, uh, it was like a whole new paradigm. Yeah. yeah I, I'm really interested. I'm interested to see what's going to shift as far as, um, you know, business and I'm interested to see, like, there's been many theories I've heard around, um, like, the millennials and even a little bit older than the, the millennials, like, really discovering, like, the city life and isn't really all oh, what it's chalked up to be, That was right? another and, thing that I realized, yeah. And moving and actually taking communities to smaller towns, mm -hmm. And starting like these whole initiatives, but still holding like big city jobs because everybody can re work remotely now. Mm -hmm. I know there's so many different ideas, concepts, thoughts, you know, that are, are still unknown and they of course will reveal themselves in time. But I definitely think there's going to be a, a big insurgence of, of shift within certain specific uh, brackets of, of, of ages. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was it was actually also right after all of the Yogi Bhajan start, stuff started to come out. So it was like yeah. this, there was the fall from grace of the spiritual teacher. I mean, at least in my community, and then you know, and then this whole thing. So it 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 almost gave for that community. It almost gave them time to sort of ease into it because so many of those events would probably have been canceled anyway. But it was yeah. like. Uh, but it was like there was another excuse for it. So everybody got to, that, that's what I observed. Everybody got to sort of, you know, be, be part of the whole of cancellation as opposed to like secluded in their, in their cessation of normalcy. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, but you, we look at, we look at that, but then we also look at like, you know, Prem Baba, Muji, mm -hmm. um, of John of God. We look at all these different teachers that, you know, Muji's still, you know, holding on by some threads, but 
you know, these other teachers, big major teachers are being pulled off their throne. And then of course, like, I love this Me Too movement. Like, I think this is changing. I think this is changing life for all feminine gender and even transgender of, of all different types of genders to feel safer and have, you know, hopefully working towards equality, more towards equality. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned a few times about the, the return of the divine feminine. Is that an astrological prediction or is that something you're feeling? Well, that's what the, that's what the golden age is. This is what the age of Aquarius is. It's, it's, it's the rebalancing of the feminine and the masculine. No one told me that. <laughs> that's okay. I'm telling you now. No, I'm just laughing because that's like what all Kundalini yoga is based on, right? Like the Aquarian age. I, I correct you. you know, I don't know if people are going to email me about this later, but I, I never heard that, but it's the return of the divine feminine. Anyway, c- continue. Well, you know, I, I don't quote me on the Aquarian age because I'm like, I'm only very new as far as a teacher. Like I've been studying Kundalini yoga for over 10 years, but I actually just got certified literally we got certified and on the day I got my certification, all of this, this news came out about oh, Yogi Bhajan. I was like, it's like, Oh God, I'm like, <laughs> like, what am I going to do about this now? Like, how am I going to, you know, tread in this water? Like I just, I mean, I spent thousands of dollars on this certification and flew from Chicago to Los Angeles three different times to oh, do the wow. certification. So I, I, you know, I am teaching it and I love the yoga. I'm just trying to like figure out like, how do I, how do I process all this information? Because I do believe in the technology. I do believe that it, it works and it, it like there's, but my friend was also telling me about the, um, the what is it called? Sh- uh, Shakti, tantric Shakti something Kundalini. It's the, it's the divine feminine of the, the Kundalini yoga. So basically it's all the Kriyas, but done through the Shakti, through the feminine. I know it's from uh, Nepal. It's oh, okay. the, the okay. it's the Himalayan teacher. Um, so my my friend teaches. She's a, she's a teacher of teachers. So I was interested to maybe um, take her five hundred hour teachers trainers. Um, not at this stage, but you know soon. I'm going to be mm-hmm. teaching um, one hundred hours of uh, teaching of bhakti yoga. Uh, for oh, her cert- for her trainings, yeah. So it'll be part of the certification process as well. Oh. I I interrupted you though. You were telling me about the divine feminine. I just thought that was funny because there there's there. I felt that it was it was more masculine that practice. The well, the practice I would say in in the root of it is quite masculine, right? It's it's yeah. there's there's a there's a structure, there's a time, there's a process that's very masculine. It's a little controlled, right? There's there's not a fluidity in there. The feminine is more fluid. Mm, okay. So this is where I'm learning how to be a little bit more fluid in the way that I'm transmitting the this energy. So the golden age is the golden age is this this massive age that apparently happened um the birth happened on december 21st 2012 we shifted from what's called the kali yuga age into the golden age the kali yuga age is the age where man and god um spirit divine whatever you you resonate with is they're the most separate so this is where a lot of the 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 uh, patriarchal 
ways the diminishing of the, the feminine, the subservience, the, you know, like we lost our power. We didn't have the right to vote. We didn't have the right for education. You know, if we were raped somewhere, it was our fault that we were raped because, you know, the way we looked or the way we presented ourselves and the wars, the, the crimes, you know, all this stuff was, this is all Kali Yuga age, the gossip, the, the hurting of other people, the, you know, that's all Kali Yuga age. So when people kind of act out now in these weird ways, I'm like, oh, that's Kali Yuga behavior, you know? And so we're moving into the space of the golden age where they say man and God, divine spirit, whatever, will become one. And it's not meaning one where we're sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya and everything is like, you know, unicorns and glitter. Like, no, no, no. We still have, there's still two sides to the coin. It's just that the, the, like Malcolm Gladwell's um, theory, the tipping point, it's just that there will be a percentage of awakened consciousness that's going to slightly be higher than the unawakened consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then of course, that is the dominant energy of the earth. And then more people will rise and come into their they're feminine, which is the, the yin and the yang, the Shiva, the Shakti, you know, the Sita, the Ram, you know, we mm -hmm. have, we have both sides to of the, the energy system that we're, we're working on. So the feminine, of course, in the Kali Yuga age was, you know, we were pushed down. We, we, we lost our voices and now women through Me Too movements and all these amazing different things that are happening on the planet right now the women are finally coming to this place where they're actually using their voice and they're saying, no, we're having enough. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many amazing uh, spiritual teachers that are on the rise right now that are feminine, you know, that are really in integrity with their, their work and their teachings and the way that they, they respect their, their, the students that are with them. You know, and so the feminine is, the, you know, the, the balance of Mother Earth, nature, you know, mm -hmm. coming into that communion of, of really being connected to what is here, we're being provided for, and earth, the rivers, the water, the, our food, uh, you know, the women are childbearing creatures. We give birth, you know this very well, uh, you know, so it's, it's finding that balance. And it's, it's going to be interesting to watch how, you know, through the years to come, um, I'm going to be watching uh, very closely like breast cancer and mm. ovarian cancer mm. and seeing how the shift and I'm getting complete goosies all the way up my body, but seeing how that shift is perhaps um, going to decrease those numbers, which I'm, I'm really interested to watch and mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. Science will show us. Yeah. The, the me too hashtag is really is really beautiful because I think maybe not everyone realized who had had an experience like that and I would be willing to say most people didn't realize how prevalent it was how many women were carrying these stories or you know people too because I know that there were it wasn't just women sharing but that that we carried these and we sort of assumed like that these were these one-off kind of bad experiences quote-unquote bad experiences that we that we had but hearing i mean it was that was really powerful hearing that these things had had happened so many times to so many women and and it is sort of one of those things that you it's a self it's sort of a self-silencing program you know that 
you don't know that other women are experiencing it. So you, you don't talk about it. You know, you keep it to yourself. It, it feels shameful, you know, and then the less people are talking about it, the more shameful it feels. Um, and that was something that I noticed when people were starting to speak out about um, experiences that they had had with Yogi Bhajan is there had been a lot of, a lot of people that left, but a lot of people who had stuck around, a lot of women who had stuck around and were carrying these stories and just sort of felt like they had to deal with it, you know, just bury it, not talk about it because it would sully the, you know, the, the pool or something. Um, so yeah, just speaking out, having voices. I mean, that's, it's very powerful, powerful, you know, just to say it out loud. I mean, for me, I look back at like my history of living in Los Angeles before that New York City, um, you know, and really at this time, this is pre, you know, any spiritual studies. This is harmony and very old paradigm mentality. You know, my way of thinking back then was I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing or what I was, I was manifesting into my own reality because my own self-worth was mm. attracting what I was energetically vibrating. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know, I actually didn't know what love was from a man up until I had my major um, awakening process in India, uh, I don't even know, four years, three, four years ago, four years ago. Um, it was when I first, dis I, that's when I really discovered that my programming of love was all based around uh, abuse. Mm -hmm. So every relationship, every encounter that I had, had some form of abuse. And I thought that was love. Mm -hmm. So what, if I look back at it, I could, I could say that I was abused sexually. I mean, I was molested as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, and I look at different encounters that I had and I didn't give people permission, you know, not everybody, but it's not like I'm going to go and start dredging up the past, but I can realize that for my own, my own growth and evolution um, and then teach younger girls, you know, a different way. Yeah. And this is something that I'm really passionate about with working with younger teenage girls because you know, teaching them what their worth is and how, you know, when you present yourself, like when I was living in India, um, I had some students that kind of worked with me and they, you know, we met every day and they used to call me Mataji. Um, they said, you know, Namaste Mataji. And, you know, so that was, that was who I was in India. And one of my students, she looked at me, she goes, you know, Mataji, I, I really like the way that you dress you always look very sophisticated. You look always very, very nice and clean. I said, well, you know, what we're presenting to the outside world is what we're attracting. So I said, do I have problems here in India with um, men being inappropriate to me? No, because I'm holding a specific frequency inside of me that doesn't attract that any longer. Mm -hmm. so, and you also have that sovereign right to, to also hold that energy. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have that, then you need to understand that, you know, as a young girl, you're very beautiful. You're very attractive. And if you're going to walk around, example, India, and have your cleavage showing and have, you know, inappropriate body parts that 
that are inappropriate in India showing, then you're going to attract the, you know, these people with, with ill intentions. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, just really feel a feeling into like how you're showing up for yourself on all levels and projecting that as, you know, we were trained through Kundalini yoga. It's like, it's all about projection. You know, what are you projecting into your, your, your universe? Mm -hmm. I've, I find it I find it interesting because certain spiritual traditions, a lot of spiritual traditions have this idea that you you bring in what you are putting out. You know, I think that that's I mean, even like Scientology, for example, I got obsessed with Scientology. Um, but there's there's like this line where you can choose it to as a an empowering way of looking at it, or sort of this victim shaming way of looking at it, and. And I, I mean, I can tell by the way that you're describing it that your this realization for you is very empowering because you you were like, well, now I know how to kind of work with it, right? Um, whereas in some in some arenas, it might be seen, well, like of course that happened to you because you did X Y Z and you were projecting the wrong thing, you know, that sort of thing. So. Well, and that that then falls into the category of the drama triangle. You oh, know, tell me about that. So there's a there's a victim, a perpetrator, and a savior. So mm -hmm. when you fall into that, when you fall into the victim mentality of like, oh poor me, like, you know that that energy becomes something, and then you're going to attract the victim, and you're going to attract the perpetrator, and that then mm -hmm. will spiral. And when that spirals and that turns, it creates power. It creates momentum. And then it becomes this thing. It's like, it, and it sucks in the energy. It's like an attraction towards more of whatever you're needing. And then you get stuck in there. There's so many people that are still stuck in the, the, this drama triangle. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really empowering to step out of it, but it's, it takes, it, it, I didn't realize that I was even in it until I remember I was sitting in Bali one day and I was in the midst of like this, this storm of chaos of in my own reality. Like my relationships were chaotic. Uh, it was just mad in my reality. And I kept toying with this, like, you know, stepping out of this drama triangle and, you know, I was practicing in so many different situations. And then I had a, an encounter with somebody and we had um, some really strong verbal communication towards one another. And this person left my home and I sat there and I was like, I started to cry. And I said, and the, this, the divine spirit says, oh, wait a second here now. You have two choices. And I was like, okay, what are my choices? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first choice is you can take this personally and make it your problem and become the victim. Or you can remove yourself and hold a space of compassion because you don't understand what that person is actually really truly going through mm -hmm. and step out of it completely. Mm -hmm. And I stepped out of it completely that day and that, that, was, that was the end of it for me. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take anything. <laughs> like, you know, I don't take it for granted. I, I practice a lot. But. Right. Well, it's always, you, there's always more opportunities to make more choices. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I tell all my students this, you know, I said, no matter what I do, like what I teach you, I'm always in meditation with it. I'm always practicing. I'm always watching. I'm always in complete awareness around everything that I'm doing, saying, being, acting, choosing. Like I'm, I'm watching this because this is all a storyboard for me, like really what's going on in my matrix. Mm. And it'll always be there, right? But it's just like, how do we want to play the game? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move my chess piece over here and like, all right, we're going to have this, this experience now. And, and, and it's really wonderful. <clears throat> Life is life is life is a very interesting process and you know, it's for a lot of people it's there's a lot of suffering and um I I really I know what it's like. I've I've really been there and I'm sure you've been there as well and it's just it's hard to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the moments that, you know, I I say to everyone, it's like these are the moments where you really need to look inside your toolbox and either dig into your studies with your, your, your own practice, or you need to ask for help Mm -hmm. and don't be ashamed to ask for help. You know, I spoke to um, one of my clients today who started working with her when she, she was, uh, she was 15 at the time suffering with severe depression, severe depression on antidepressants uh, within, I think, three sessions working with me, she was completely off of her medications. And today she's just thriving. Like, it's incredible how much she's grown in, in not even a year of working. Wow. So there's, there's potential for everybody to experience that. I really believe that. I believe that. I believe that our natural human um, sovereign experience that we are all entitled to is the experience of love and to receive love and to be love and to love yourself this is this is our natural human born right and so we just have to work we have to work for it you know yeah. we're human you know i mean i could get into the whole process like of like you know the the birthing process, you know, the first seven hours of your life, you're completely enlightened. You hear, know everything. And then the human amnesic experience sets in. And this is where the journey of your soul's karmic experience begins. And you, mm-hmm. you forget, and then you have to relearn. You have to unlearn to relearn. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Harmony, for being here and for doing this with me. I, you're I want so you to welcome. share how people can interact with you, how they can find out more about your coaching and your music and all that. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, you can go to my brand new website. <laughs> um, that I have made during my time. <laughs> during quarantine. <laughs> I actually, I didn't make it. I, I hired somebody that's oh, okay. professional. I just, I just had direction. Uh, I'm good at delegating. I'm a business owner. So I'm really good at directing. Um, so Harmony Polo. P-O-L-O dot com. Cool. I will you add find that everything to the there. Notes so that people thank you so thank you so much. It's really so nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Yeah. It's so interesting how our, our, our realities have just been weaving in and out, you know, through all these years. I mean, I, I met you before pre-kids. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
yeah. marriage. Yeah. Pre-marriage. Yeah. 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 And and now after marriage. I'm <laughs> Yes. I've gone through a whole cycle myself. I actually did you play in Phoenix at some point? I did. Okay, because somebody asked me about you. Um there she, they were like, Have you heard of Harmony? <laughs> and You're like, like hmm. it can't be. <laughs> 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 yes, I, I love Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix was great. I, I I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, it was ex- it was definitely right for the season. But yeah, yeah. I also played a lot in Las Vegas. Oh, cool. Yeah, Las Vegas has an incredible community. Do you know Ashley Wynn? I I know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know her personally, but I know her. She's she's one of my social media friends. I see. Okay. <laughs> she's friends of friends too so yeah I do know who she is yeah for sure yeah I should have an opportunity to go sing there too I could I could connect you with uh one of my friends who organizes really great events there well, thank you I'd love yeah. yeah yeah for sure you have such a beautiful voice I've been listening to your music all Aww, week thank you you I do, love you have such a gorgeous voice I couldn't believe when you sent me your your website I was like Wait, what? Because I didn't even know you were a singer. I mean, I, I, I heard you sing with, you know, with, with, uh, with Kuno, but I, I didn't, um, I didn't realize to what extent. So. Yeah. Well, and even when I was singing with Kuno, I wasn't such a developed singer. Like I, I was singing, but see the, the difference now is I don't sing the song. I let the song sing through me. Mm. So there's a different vibration that, that, you know, the mantras have, like, I have to have a connection to them. And, you know, the spirit came to me and said, you know, you're, you're, you're not allowed to sing for anybody. I was like, wait a second. That's really confusing. Like, I'm not allowed to sing for anybody, but I'm going on tour. Like, <laughs> like and the spirit said, no, 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 you're allowed to sing for me. And everybody can enjoy that process with you. But you sing to me, and when you sing to me, the channel will come through you. Mm-hmm. And any time is so interesting because any time I feel like that little ego slip in at all, like I feel the energies go. Yeah. I so I just have to close my eyes. Thank you so much for listening. I didn't get an elegant goodbye, goodbye ending there, but that was it. So thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, rate this podcast to share it with more people. Bye.